We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Good to be with you today. Our URL on the World Wide Web is simply AFR.net. AFR.net. If you type that in your browser, you will end up on our homepage of our website, American Family Radio's website, AFR.net. And I am actually there now on AFR.net, and it's super easy to find my show, AFA at the Core, right there on the homepage. If you're on a a desktop computer, which you got a bigger screen, then you scroll down a little bit and you'll see AFA at the Core's latest podcast there on the homepage, which is yesterday's show, of course, with uh, U.S. Air Force veteran Dano. Uh, who was in the air uh, with the military on 9-11. So we interviewed him yesterday. So you can see that uh, podcast there on the homepage at AFR.net. Similar situation with your mobile device. So that's uh, how you can keep up with the show. We also have the app, the American Family Radio mobile application that you can get and download from your app store. And uh, we push the podcast to all these different podcast uh, platforms, whether it be Spotify, Apple or Android podcast stores. We push the podcast out there each afternoon for your convenience. And the last thing I'll mention, and then I'll move on, is the fact that we are video streaming. Uh, We are video uh, live streaming the video on Facebook and YouTube uh, by going to the AFA at the Core page on both of those platforms, um, YouTube and Facebook. AFA at the Core has a Facebook page. We also have a YouTube channel, so you can go there and watch the show live streaming and I continue to tease this because I'm so excited about it but we're in the testing phase of our video platform that we're building here at American Family Association I've been testing it in my office uh, this week it's up and running internally for us to test and it's getting exciting it's getting good Uh, we are I would say uh, I'll do this without trying to make my IT department mad at me Um, I would go as far to say we're in the final weeks of developing the platform. We're in the final weeks of developing the platform. So maybe in the next um, three to five weeks, we can maybe show you something. Maybe so. Uh, But I'm not going to say dates and I'm not going to make too many promises uh, because that's... uh, that will come back to get me. But nonetheless, we're uh, in the final stages of our video platform. It's going to be very exciting, uh, very user-friendly, and good for our supporters out there to watch AFA content. And then in 2022, we're going to launch the live option, the live feature where you can watch AFA at the Core, the Hamilton Corner, airing the Addisons, so on and so forth, live on our own platform without having to rely on these third-party platforms. So that is all coming down the road Our verse of the week is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. So do not despise 
the Lord's discipline. That's out of the book of Proverbs chapter 3. Jumping right into our content for the day. Um, this uh, this uh, media onslaught, media narrative on COVID is so um, blatant, it's so in your face, the gaslighting, uh, that it's unavoidable. I mean, we have to talk about it because there is this this overwhelming media collusion with the CDC and with all the globalists and the so-called experts. I mean, all these folks and entities and organizations are colluding together to make sure that you and I only get one message and one message only. And that is the vaccine is safe and effective and you should take it. As a matter of fact, you should be forced to take it and if you disagree, then be quiet and go home and shelter in place. That is the narrative. That is the dominating narrative. Anything outside of that approved narrative by the globalist elites, anything outside of that gets censored. It gets blocked. It gets slapped down. It gets discredited. Uh, you get your licenses pulled. We're seeing this all across the country, and it's an absolute shame. The Mississippi uh, State Board of, of, of Medical License licenses, they uh, uh, added something to their handbook just last week where if you spread what, what they define as, which they actually don't even define it, but what they say is COVID disinformation or COVID vaccine misinformation, if a doctor spreads what they call COVID dis or misinformation, then they'll pull your license. But you know what they don't do? They don't go into detail about what they define as disinformation or misinformation, which leaves it totally up to them to decide on what that is. Uh, so that's dangerous, dangerous. When you don't allow doctors, trusted medical professionals who've been doing this their whole life, when you don't allow them the liberty to have their own viewpoint, that is tyranny. That is that is China 101. This is what they've been doing for decades if not centuries over in China, and we don't need it here in America. So that's just one example of many, and maybe I'll bring in more details of that uh, another day. But I'm going to play a Fox News feature here. This is a Fox News report uh, from a special report with Brett Bayer, and this aired yesterday. This has to do with the origins of COVID and how the NIH deleted, removed the, the virus uh, genetic sequence that was in the NIH database for experts to review, the NIH, our own NIH, deleted that because a Chinese scientist, state actor, requested it be deleted. This is about a two-minute clip. Let's listen to Fox News. The mystery surrounding the origins of the coronavirus takes another strange turn tonight. It involves the disappearance of information that could shed some light on this issue. Correspondent David Spahn picks up the story. The National Institutes of Health is reviewing results of an investigation into deleted coronavirus data from the early days of the pandemic. Researchers store genetic sequencing data in an archive run by the NIH. It's accessible to scientists around the world. Those sequences are essentially the Rosetta Stone that enable virologists to trace the drift or manipulation of a genetic code. According to the NIH, the sequences from Wuhan, China, were submitted to the database in March 2020. By June of that year, a Chinese researcher asked the NIH to remove the data. It's very unusual for any data of genetic information in that database to be deleted. 
The NIH considers the sequences to be the property of researchers and obliged, but keeps a backup. It is not available to the public without the researcher's permission. The Wall Street Journal reported the deleted sequences in June, prompting three Republicans to question NIH Director Dr. Francis Collins about the data. The Chinese Communist Party, once again, what are they trying to cover up? What do they want to make sure we never know? The NIH just days ago responded to Blackburn, announcing an investigation to determine whether the appropriate steps were taken to assess this withdrawal request. Withdrawal makes the data undiscoverable, but does not erase it. An NIH spokesperson confirms the investigation is complete, though the results are not yet public. We don't consider it case closed until we get the results of that investigation. This news comes just weeks after the U.S. intelligence community failed to find a definitive origin of the virus. China says the United States should look at other countries for origin information. Well... That's it. That's the Fox News report saying, confirming that the NIH has deleted this information and that they're investigating it. They're investigating themselves. Wow, how transparent. That's going to go great. That's going to turn up very good, transparent accountability uh, results. Totally tongue-in-cheek there. Um, but this this is part of a larger campaign, folks, and this is what I'm saying. Why hide this information? What plausible argument do you have, does the public have, does the NIH have, does Washington, D.C. have to delete this information? How does it benefit the American people to delete evidence that has to do with the origins of this entire virus and pandemic? And I can answer that for you, and there is absolutely no benefit uh, other than to the Chinese Communist Party than to delete this information. And, and, and this, is, this, is, this is what's happening. Anything that turns up, anything negative towards the Chinese Communist Party, it gets slapped down, it gets deleted. And our own American corporations and elites, they, they go hand in hand with the Chinese Communist Party and they partner with them. And this is totally separate than the whole General Milley having his buddy-buddy call with the Chinese Communist Party military leader, telling him that, yeah, uh, if we decide to attack China, I'll make sure I give you a call. <laughs> And so this is, this is the fundamental problem, folks, is that our people at the very top, they're in cahoots with the people that are our enemies. So you and I, we understand the threat of China, the threat of Russia, the threat of North Korea, the threat of Iran, of the Taliban, of the terrorists. We understand these threats. And our leaders are supposed to understand the threats, too, and they're supposed to act in the best interest of the American people. But what are they doing? They're cozying up, playing footsie with the communist. And so how are we supposed to have trust that they're effectively leading our country when they're in cahoots with our enemies? When they're in cahoots with our enemies. And not only are our leaders in cahoots with our enemies, but they're criticizing us. The American people are the problem. The MAGA folks, the Trump supporters, we're the greatest domestic terrorist threat uh, since the founding of this country. That's what we're being told by our leaders. Um, so it, it, it makes you no doubtly question the loyalty and the, and the integrity of these same leaders. Absolutely um, stunning. Hey, before I jump into the Millie thing, uh, maybe later this segment or in the last segment, uh, I want to re... re uh, cover what I talked about yesterday because because these uh, 
These clinical trials by Moderna and Pfizer, they were completely messed up. They were meddled with in the final stages of the clinical three trials several months ago in February because they uh, went went uh, uh, beyond precedent and they notified the placebo group, the test group, group, the trial group, the control group. They notified them that they had not had the jab. And so what happens, the entire placebo group goes and gets the jab and messes up the entire clinical trial done and paid for by Pfizer and Moderna. So that's absolutely concerning. How are we going to get long-term five to 10-year studies on these control groups if there are no longer any control groups? And that's a question that Pfizer and Moderna should be answering, uh, but I doubt they'll be public about why they eliminated the placebo group. Uh, and, and people say, well, why, why are you guys hesitant to get the jab? Why are you questioning this? Why are you so-called skeptics? Well, it's because every time we turn a corner, there's shady business going on. Every time we turn a corner, they're giving us reason to go, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. Uh, so stop giving us valid reasons to be concerned, and maybe we could rebuild a little bit of trust here. Um, another area, this is another area that is like, what? what's going on here? The uh, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, they are effective this past week. They are beginning to meddle around and micromanage the distribution, the supply chain of these monoclonal antibody treatments. And as I reported last week, these monoclonal antibody treatments are proving very, very effective in treating people who have been diagnosed with COVID. I think up to 85% reduction in hospitalization admissions for people who receive monoclonal antibody treatment. So it's very, very safe, very, very effective. I know people personally who have gotten this treatment and it keeps them out of the hospital. Up to 85% of people uh, don't go to the hospital because they get this treatment. Well, Biden's HHS, they're beginning to ration these treatments with no valid explanation, with no valid justification. They are they are micromanaging and restricting distribution of this vital treatment without an explanation. Florida's had their supply cut in half. 50% of Florida's supply for these antibodies had just been cut in half in a week. This is criminal. Why cut off all valid treatment options? EFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. One word has proven to be debilitating in our society, the D word, discrimination. What we fail to realize is discrimination is not automatically a dirty concept. We discriminate against thieves and murderers when we send them to prison. We discriminate against sexual predators by keeping them away from children. And yes, we rightly discriminate against men when we keep them out of women's restrooms. According to Psalm 1, we have to discriminate against the counsel of the wicked in order to be blessed. Good thing God isn't debilitated by the D word. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. As a parent, seeing your child heartbroken can leave you feeling helpless. Whether she got cut from the field hockey team or dumped by her boyfriend, seeing your daughter's sweet spirit get crushed is never easy. The shortest verse in the Bible is John 11:35. It reads, Jesus wept. Jesus' grief over losing his friend Lazarus must have been difficult for the father to see. Loss can be shattering, but this reality of a heartbroken Jesus can serve as a powerful reminder of resiliency. In the wake of a loss, guide your girl toward new activities like exercising at home or hanging out with friends. While she won't be able to raise Lazarus from the dead and cure her grief the way Jesus did, there is value in understanding that life does go on. Like what you've heard? Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core. Glad to have you with us today on the American Family Radio Network, broadcasting across the country in 30-plus states, 180 towers is what we have across the country. And we just added a tower in Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, covering all of Chattanooga proper, several hundred thousand residents there um, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, so we have a brand new signal there, 105.1 FM in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It's been on the air about uh, a week or two there in Chattanooga. So we're glad to be in uh, in Chattanooga, Tennessee for our listeners. Hey, one thing before we get to our special guest is our share is coming up in October, mid-October. Uh, we're going to have our share here on American Family Radio. It's our twice annual uh, three-day fundraiser where we do come alongside our listeners and request that you support our work financially uh, so that we can continue broadcasting across the country and online. Uh, so we're requesting listener testimonies, uh, tes- uh, testimonies of our listeners who've been positively impacted by American Family Radio and telling us what God has done or how God has used American Family Radio. Uh, keep it to about one minute or two minutes uh, maximum uh, keep it short and sweet, 60 to 120 seconds uh, when you call in and leave a voicemail. Here's the number to call in, and then the instructions will be there on the line, 877-876-8893. 877-876-8893 is how you can call to our listener storyline. And I'll ask Marty to key that in if he's not already on uh, Facebook uh, for those of you live streaming so you can see that number there if you weren't able to write it down 
877-876-8893 to call in and leave a listener testimony. We will greatly appreciate that, and we'll even air it during our share hopefully, so maybe you can hear yourself on the radio. On our on the line with us is uh, Mark Harrington. He's founder and president of Created Equal, a pro-life education and outreach organization based in Columbus, Ohio. Hey, Mark, welcome to AFA at the Core. Yeah, it's great to be here. Hey, Mark, uh, tell, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about, I know you have, uh, you spent most of your adult life in the pro-life movement and fighting for the sanctity of human life. I know you used to work for the Center for uh, Bioethical Reform uh, until 2011, but tell us, our listeners, a little bit about your back, background, how you ended up founding Created Equal. Well, Created Equal was established in 2011 to raise up the next generation of leaders to take on the culture of death and win, because winning is how the killing stops. So I've de- devoted my life to raising up young people. And we go to college and high school campuses primarily. We use abor- abortion victim photography to start the conversation and debate in places where that ha- debate has long since ceased, like college campuses. Well, uh, uh, there's there's been... Two particular uh, laws or lawsuits that I want to get your your input on. Uh, we have the Texas uh, we have the Texas law that is now in effect as of the last about two weeks that the Supreme Court uh, refused to intervene on. Uh, tell our listeners who who are vaguely familiar or just flat out unfamiliar with the Texas law. Tell us some specifics about how it works, how it's implemented. Well, it's interesting. We were part of introducing the first heartbeat bill here in Ohio in 2011. That bill was passed in 2012, and like many across America, the courts uh, stopped that from being put into effect. What makes the Texas heartbeat law different is there's two provisions. One is that the criminal sanctions will be delayed until or if the uh, Roe v. Wade ruling is overturned. Uh, However, there are private rights of action. In other words, individuals can sue abortionists or anyone who aids and abets an abortion in civil court, and that is the the, uh, mechanism in which this law is enforced. And that makes a difference, and that's why the U.S. Supreme Court refused to stop the law from being put into effect uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Mark, that's a game changer. That's a game changer because it's one thing to have something on the books that say abortion shouldn't happen, uh, or, or yeah, abortion shouldn't happen, but to have no enforcement mechanism. I mean, I mean that's basically uh, uh, for show. I, I mean, I know people have good intentions behind these laws uh, or these resolutions, mm-hmm. but if you don't have an enforcement mechanism, man, that's that's worth nothing. Uh, so that's a game changer that Texas uh, did that. Now let me ask you this, and this this may just uh, this is more of a legal opinion, but but do you think the Texas law will hold up in the long term as as far as the way it's structured, the way it's written? Uh, do you think this is a model that could be replicated and defended legally across the country? Well, so far so good. Uh, actually, two years ago, the first attempt at this was made in the state of Texas with what is called the Sanctuary Cities for the Unborn City Ordinances. So cities were passing bans on abortion, including the civil right of action, and those held up. To date, not a single one of those ordinances has been successfully defeated in court. 
And so that laid the groundwork for the Texas law. And so I think we're on good, good sound legal footing. Uh, every court that's looked at this has allowed it to stay in effect. Unfortunately, Biden and his administration have said he's going to throw the, quote, whole of government, unquote, at this law. And I just read this morning that they are again attempting, that is, the Department of Justice, to find a way to stop this from being uh, in effect. So we're not out of the woods yet, but things look pretty good, and states are looking at this as a model, including the state I'm in, Ohio. Mark, that what you just said there about the Biden administration uh, throwing, taking an all-of-government approach to making sure that people can kill babies. I mean, this is astonishing. Uh, we have an open, bo- we have no border. Let's don't even say we have an open. We have no border. We have thousands of illegal immigrants and MS-13 cartel members and gang members flowing into America every day. Uh, we have uh, the Taliban and ISIS and Hezbollah and Iran going rogue in the Middle East, doing whatever on earth they want. Uh, we've got China espionage and spies on the homeland here in America under U.S. protection, uh, stealing intellectual property on university campuses, uh, doing all these dirty deeds on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, we've got all this illegality going on. We've got a record high drug imports into America, illegal, illicit drugs. And the Biden DOJ wants to focus their efforts and their energy on making sure that people in Texas can kill babies. I mean, this is astonishing. It is. Uh, you know, this is the most corrupt administration we've ever seen in, in U.S. history. Uh, it's not surprising to me that they're doing this because, you know, abortion is, you know, is a primary, uh, uh, you know, motivation for this administration. Uh, it's kind of like the sacrament of the left, right? I mean, this is what they believe in, the shedding of innocent blood. Mm. And so they're going to do anything they can to keep this legal. They can't allow this to stand. Uh, I think we're going to have a showdown at the U.S. Supreme Court that'll be the mother of all battles coming up uh, probably in March with a decision being handed down in June on the Dobbs case. That's the real uh, thing to be keeping our eyes on. Uh, Mark, let me ask you this, because you've been in this fight for a long time. Let me ask you, um, not necessarily to speculate, but just to to tell me what you think on the motives, the intentions behind uh, these people who support this. And I know we can't speak for everyone. People have probably have different uh, motives for being able to kill babies. Um, but what what drives this? I mean, you, you've got the spiritual aspect. There's is, Obviously, people are blinded to the truth, but there, I mean, to, to talk about a population control, there are plausible uh, 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 factual statements by people on the left that talk about their goal in controlling how many people are born and population control. China's been doing it for a long time through law. What is what? What would you say is a driving factor for people who want to kill babies? Well, I think it's the feminist movement run amok. I mean, originally the feminist movement, I think their uh, motives and ideals might have been um, authentic and important. You know, the women's right to vote, that kind of thing. But it went off the rails. You know, early in the 1960s with the ability to to uh, control birth with birth con- the birth control pill. And now women simply want to be equal to men in that they don't want to be able to have babies. <laughs> I mean, that's where we're at. 
and they need to be able to kill them in order to believe that they can participate in American life on an equal playing field with men. I mean, that's at the heart of all of this. Yeah. And of course, it's 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 a mistaken worldview. We all know that because womanhood and and marriage and and the raising of children, we know God says it's a blessing. They think it's a curse, and believe me, it is It is satanic at the core. That's why the satanic temple is actually suing the Texas law right now to keep it in effect, because they understand that this is, uh, this is, this is a blood sacrifice mm. to the devil. I mean, at the bottom of it all, yeah. it really comes down to that. That's exactly right. Hey, Mark, uh, tell our listeners where they can read more information about your work, uh, what your website is. Uh, go to createdequal.org. That's how you can find out more. And I'm also on American Family Radio at 5.30 Central Time on Sunday, the Mark Harrington Show. So you can pick that up on American Family Radio. Excellent. Great, great, Mark. Hey, glad to have you on, brother. Keep up the good fight, saving babies, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, Mark. That's Mark Harrington, founder and president of Created Equal, also host of the Mark Harrington Show uh, which you can hear uh, each uh, weekend here on American Family Radio. Um, one other uh, uh, thing I want to mention before we jump back into the news, uh, speaking of, Mark mentioned uh, uh, womanhood, family, and marriage, and the raising and bearing and raising of children. Uh, our By Design project is still up and running. One man, one woman for life. That's the motto, the theme for our By Design project. And each week on Saturday, we publish a podcast talking about uh, God's design for marriage and family. So that's what we're doing with By Design, and we are wanting to uplift and promote and encourage other uh, couples uh, to uh, follow God's design, God's prescription for marriage. That's one man, one woman for life, um, and that's what we're doing with our By Design projects. So you can go to afa.net forward slash by design to check out that project. It's also up on the homepage of afa.net. So multiple ways to keep up with our by design project here on American Family Radio. Um, Jumping back into the news, uh, I'm going to play a clip here from, um, from, let's see, let's go to Senator Rand Paul. This is to set this up for for our listeners. during the final days of U.S. forces being in Afghanistan, uh, in Kabul, uh, the U.S. military conducted two drone strikes that we know of. Two drone stripes, strikes. One of them was the in the hours or days following the Marines being killed, uh, being murdered there uh, right outside the airport in Kabul. Uh, and this airstrike was done. Actually, we don't know uh, any information about it other than it was conducted some in some remote area uh, of Afghanistan. Uh, and it, they claimed, the U.S. military claimed that it killed one or two uh, top ISIS-K planners. So the veracity of that, uh, we don't know. For, for all we know, it could have been an empty hut in the middle of Afghanistan. We don't know. Why? Because the Biden administration would not release any information other than the fact that it happened. Uh, there's this other drone strike uh, that happened in the final probably 12 to 24 hours of our uh, uh, presence in uh, Afghanistan, in Kabul. And this was a drone strike of a, a white vehicle in downtown Kabul. 
This was in the heart of Kabul, actually not far from the airport. Um, and this drone strike reportedly killed 10 people, 10 people with seven of those being children. Uh, that was the initial reports, and it turns out, according to the New York Times, that description turns out to be accurate, and there's been no alternative explanation or alternative facts that have come out from uh, the U.S. government. Uh, so this is Senator Rand Paul asking the Secretary of State uh, Blinken about the drone strike and if we know who the drone strike was targeted at clip for. The guy the Biden administration droned, was he an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? Uh, the administration is, of course, reviewing that, uh, that strike, uh, and I'm sure that a you know, full assessment will be, will be forthcoming. So you don't know if it was an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? Uh, I can't speak to that, and I can't speak to that in this setting in any event. So you don't know or won't tell us? Uh, I, don't, I don't know because we're, we're reviewing it. Well, see, you'd think you'd kind of know before you off somebody with a Predator drone, whether he's an aid worker or he's an ISIS case. See, the thing is, is this isn't just you. It's been going on for administration after administration. The Obama administration droned hundreds and hundreds of people. And the thing is, is there is blowback to that. I mean, I don't know if it's true, but I see these pictures of these beautiful children that were killed in the attack. If that's true and not propaganda, if that's true, guess what? Maybe you created hundreds or thousands of new potential terrorists from bombing the wrong people. So you got to know who you We can't sort of have an investigation after we kill people. We have an investigation before we kill. Well, that's a good point there, Senator Paul. We should have an investigation before we drone people, maybe not after we drone people. And the Secretary of State there, whether he misspoke or he's telling the truth, he admitted weeks after the drone strike that we don't know who we hit. That's what he said. Senator Paul clearly said, did you drone an ISIS-K planner slash terrorist or did you drone an innocent civilian? Can you tell us that? Do you not know or you don't want to tell us? He said, I do not know. What are we doing? What is our military doing? We're dropping drones in downtown Kabul, killing 10 people, and we don't know who they are. That is problematic. No matter the intentions, that is problematic. But... These are the folks running our country. General Milley running our country, dropping bombs on seven children in downtown Kabul and not offering any plausible explanation. We'll be back in a few minutes. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Want to know how you can stay connected with the American Family Association? Just visit afa.net forward slash connect. There, you have access to all of AFA's mobile apps, social media accounts, subscriptions, and more. Be the first to stay up to date and informed about current events happening in our culture. Simply visit afa.net forward slash connect. 
When an unplanned pregnancy happens to a mom in crisis, preborn clinics are there. I was extremely scared. The father did not want the child, and he had made me choose him or the baby. This mother chose life after meeting with preborn counselors and seeing her baby on ultrasound. I just felt so blessed and the hand of God on me so strong. And I knew then on I was going to serve God and I was going to keep this child and I was going to love him just like God loved me so unconditionally. Preborn centers met this mom in her darkest hour, helping her to choose not only life for her baby, but life in Jesus. He was our little miracle child. God's timing was impeccable. Preborn clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in America, introducing moms to their preborn babies and helping them choose life. To find out more, visit preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. While in the emergency room with my wife, as she was struggling with the COVID-19 virus herself, and I looked at her, I said, are you scared? And she said, a little bit, but I've been through worse. The Certainty of Mankind's History with Uncertainty, an article by Peter Rosenberger. And then, as her fever was approaching almost 103, she started singing in Christ alone. I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. And that's how she has anchored herself in the certainty of Christ through her huge medical journey that has included 80 surgeries, both of her legs amputated, 100 doctors have treated her, 12 hospitals, and now the COVID-19 virus. And so when we live with those kinds of uncertainties, anchoring ourselves in Christ, in Christ alone, that's the only place we can run to where there is certainty. To read this article and more, visit afa.net forward slash the stand. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to American Family Radio. More specifically, AFA at the Core. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Don't forget to check out our podcast page at AFR.net. That's our website, AFR.net. Go to the AFA at the Core podcast page where you can find uh, the latest shows. They're listed on the podcast page, and you can listen and find out more information about each show there on our podcast page at AFR.net. Jumping right back into the news, um, the, uh, the the Blinken clip that I played before the break had to do with um, had to do with Afghanistan and uh, our U.S. military reportedly dropping a drone bomb on uh, a family of ten people in Kabul in uh, Afghanistan without, uh, apparently without enough evidence to show that this fellow, uh, this 43-year-old aid worker in uh, uh, from Afghanistan was not an ISIS-K planner or terrorist. And here's the thing. Uh, the New York Times, they're the ones who published this extensive investigative report on this bombing in Kabul, and it's very detailed. Uh, 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 New York Times put reporters on the ground in Afghanistan. They have CCTV video evidence of this aid worker traveling around Kabul, traveling around Afghanistan on that day. They've got them going to different places, different businesses, all on camera. The camera footage has been recorded and published by the New York Times. They've been there to interview the fellow's family, uh, taking pictures of the site, uh, published pictures of the kids that were killed in this attack. Uh, in this uh, uh, missile launch, 
And the U.S. government has not released anything to refute this New York Times report other than trust us. Trust us. This was an ISIS-K planner slash a terrorist, and you should trust our word. General Milley went on and did a press conference in the days following this and said it was a righteous strike. This was a righteous strike. Trust us. Well, it's hard to trust when you don't publish any information. When you don't publish any information, and this is the same government, the same people who got us in this mess, the same people who got us in this Afghanistan disaster, uh, they're the ones saying, trust us. I would say to that, <laughs> make us trust you. Uh, give us reason to trust you. And this New York Times report, uh, I went through every clip. I went through all the pages. Um, this is a very compelling story, a very compelling compelling investigation. And uh, the Pentagon has not refuted it uh, with facts. They've refuted it with uh, narrative, with talking points, but they haven't refuted it. Uh, with facts. So uh, according to what we know today, uh, the U.S. government uh, reportedly bombed a a vehicle in Kabul, killed 10 people, seven of them children, and the Pentagon has not refuted that yet. Uh, Jumping to another story about our leaders being compromised by our foreign adversaries, uh, we saw under the Trump administration, under President Trump, we saw unprecedented Leaks from the intelligence community, from other agencies in the administration, in the executive branch. Uh, We saw impeachment after impeachment. Uh, The war was on against Donald Trump. Uh, The deep state, the some call him the overstate, uh, the career bureaucrat politicians in Washington, D.C., they did not like an outsider coming into the Oval Office. They did not like someone coming into the White House that they could not predict, that they could not control. So the war was on against Donald Trump from day one, even before day one. Uh, The Comey crew from the FBI colluded uh, with the Clinton campaign to to manufacture this fake investigation into candidate then-President Trump. Um, So this gives you a little backgrounder to how adamant and how motivated the people in Washington are to keep keeping honest, good uh, men out of Washington, D.C., well, this one, this story has to do with General Milley, and this is a Washington Post report, and I don't know what the motivation is from these media outlets because here's the thing. These media outlets, they cover stuff up. They cover stuff up. They collude with the Democrats. Uh, they, they, they ignore stories. They have slanted, biased coverage. Uh, they even mislead and lie to the American people. And then all of a sudden, they come out, and they're like the best journalist in America. And so what the motivation is for the Washington Post to all of a sudden turn on General Milley, well, that's a good question. Maybe this is an interagency fight. Maybe the CIA doesn't like General Milley. Maybe the State Department's mad at the general. Who knows? But somebody's leaking, and here's what they're leaking. Uh, General Milley apparently had a couple calls with the Chinese Communist Party military leader, in the uh, final days of the Trump administration, uh, more specifically, uh, October 30th, 2020, is the date that stands out. And this is a quote from a call um, from General Milley to the Chinese Communist Party. Let me just read this Washington Post story. One call took place on October 30th, 2020, four days before the election that unseated President Donald Trump. And the other call took place on January 8, 2021. 
two days after the Capitol siege carried out by his supporters in a quest to cancel the vote. That's a description there. Um, the first call was prompted by Milley's review of intelligence suggesting the Chinese believed the United States was preparing to attack. That belief, the authors write in this uh, Bob Woodward book published by the Washington Post, was based on tensions over military exercises in the South China Sea and deepened by Trump's belligerent rhetoric toward China. Here's the text of the call from General Milley. Quote, General Li, who is the Chinese Communist Party counterpart, I want to assure you that the American government is stable and everything is going to be okay, Milley told him. We are not going to attack or conduct any kinetic operations against you, end quote. This call took place without the consent nor the knowledge of the Trump administration and President Trump himself. So according to what we know here, General Milley, four-star general, head of the Pentagon, went rogue, went rogue and started calling the Chinese Communist Party, letting them know that we will not attack you. We will not take any kinetic action or operations against you. T technically, he's like the second or third in command uh, because Miller was number one in command for, uh, he was the Secretary of Defense under Trump. Here is um, another part of that same phone call. General Lee, you and I have known each other for, for now five years. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise, end quote. In the second call, placed to address Chinese fears about the events of January 6th, Lee wasn't easily assuaged. Uh, assuaged. Even, the, even after Milley promised him, quote, we are 100% steady, everything's fine, but democracy can be sloppy at times, end quote. And so here we have a U.S. military commander, one of the top military officials at the Pentagon, going around the president, going around the White House, going around the National Security Council, and conducting diplomacy, and not only conducting diplomacy solo, but he's letting the Chinese Communist Party, who is our adversary, whether you like it or not, letting them know that we're not going to attack you, but not only are we not going to attack you, but if we decide to, if my president decides to, I will make sure I call you and tip off your government and your military that we're coming. Bobby, I'm no military expert or tribunal expert, but if this is not treason, this is assuming he has no consent from the White House and the Trump administration. If this isn't treason, then I don't know what is. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cut and dried in my opinion. Uh, however, <laughs> he has um, champions on on the left. I've seen interviews with uh, Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut, Senator Tim Kaine from Virginia, saying, "Well, you know, he has to conduct these conversations with his counterparts and so on and so forth." and Yes, yes, he does, uh, to keep lines of communication open, not to tell him where our lines are. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, the, it's one thing to have a call with the Chinese Communist Party, and I don't know why we're conducting these calls like we're buds. 
You know, hey, man, you want to go have coffee next time I'm in Beijing? <laughs> like they have our best interests. Yeah, like they're, <laughs> yeah, they're our buddy. You know, they're our high school, high school buddies. So we're going to hang out and we're going to talk nice. Um, I don't know why those kind of casual calls are, should be taking place between our adversaries. It's one thing to call Germany uh, or a foreign ally and, and have a conversation with them. But these calls uh, with General Milley and the Chinese Communist Party are way too casual, uh, way too comfortable for them to be our adversary. And, uh, but it's one thing to have these calls, but for General Milley to say, if we decide to go to war with you, I'll let you know before it happens. What? I didn't know that was allowed. I thought that was like off limits <laughs> because there's this thing called treason. But hey, what, what's treason? What's definitions anymore? Um, we've got officials in Washington, D.C. running uh, their own operations, their own operations, their own government. And they're not even accountable to the White House, to the Oval Office, to the Biden administration. Yes, the Biden administration. Uh, these kind of rogue operations, you know they're still taking place uh, where you've got subordinates in the executive branch that are just doing their own thing, uh, subverting the administration. And it's really, really bad. And it's really, really illegal. And it doesn't matter whether it's a Republican or a Democrat in the White House. Uh, speaking of General Milley, there's probably a reason why he was so comfortable talking to the Chinese Communist Party. Well, that's because he believes they're not our enemy. He firmly believes, and he has stated, quote, China is not our enemy. And if you want to hear that quote, let's listen to it. Clip five, this is from 2015. China's not an enemy. Uh, and I think that's important for people to clearly understand. Uh, China is a rising power. Uh, China has been a rising power since uh, Deng Xiaoping in 79. And they've been clicking off at 10% growth for you know, almost 30 years, and they dropped down to about 7% last year or two. And they'll probably drop again, you know, and come into the range of normalcy and 3 to 5% growth. But that's still significant economic growth. And there's been a really large historic change from a North Atlantic-based global economy to now it's proceeding to be a North Pacific-based global economy. So with respect to China, um, what normally happens historically it's not in all cases, but in most cases, where you have economic growth of that magnitude typically follows military power. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a, a significant increase in, in uh, Chinese military uh, capabilities over the last uh, 10 to 20 years. Uh, and uh, they are going to develop themselves and are developing themselves uh, into a great power. That is not to say, however, that they are an enemy. Well, he had to say it twice at the beginning of the clip and at the end. He just had to make sure that CCP knows they are not our enemy. And I don't want, I don't know why a military official, a military commander, a military general would go that to that extent to make sure that our enemy knows they're not our enemy. Why would you do that? Even if they're not by technical definition our enemy, you at least just don't say anything. Or you say they're our adversary, or they're a potential threat. Something to the extent of these guys are bad, but instead he goes, well, they're just not our enemy. Bobby, they're just not our enemy, when in reality, they are our enemy. Absolutely. But it keeps the, the channels of negotiation open for rare earth minerals with China and the Taliban of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's other factors at play here, clearly. and But that gets us to the point of why, why have our leaders, and this is like I, I'll say this all the time, 
Uh, this is an R&D problem. Why have our leaders over the past several decades worked us, intentionally worked us into a position of reliance, heavy reliance on China? And this discussion was rehashed uh, in the early months of the pandemic because our pharmaceutical supply chain for all of our drugs in America was heavily reliant on the Chinese Communist Party. There were concerns about China. Actually, their government, their uh, their government threatened to cut off the supply chain or slow down or limit prescription drugs, uh, pharmaceutical drugs coming into America if we kept talking about the origins of the Wuhan virus. But we've worked ourselves into a position, not incidentally, not accidentally, not by happenstance. Our, our leaders have worked us into a position where we're heavily, heavily reliant on the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, you just look at at the at the back of any kind of appliance. You look at the, at your the clothes that you're wearing. You look at the devices that we use. Many of them, if not the majority of them, say "Made in China." Obviously, we can't be this isolated country that doesn't partner with anybody, but why does it have to be China? Why don't we partner with an ally to a further extent to where we're not reliant on the Chinese Communist Party for our minerals, for our lithium, to build our batteries for our Teslas, for all these computer chips, why our car manufacturers can't uh, get cars off the line? Well, because China's got the chips. And they get first dibs off the assembly line, by the way, because they run the assembly line. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.